the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Fed forecasters say interest rates are probably not moving any in the near future. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell will testify before congressional committees this Tuesday and Wednesday on the outlook from the newly issued report. His testimony is expected to amplify the Fed's view that no further changes in interest rates are needed. Many economists believe the Fed will keep those rates unchanged for the entire year, although some analysts think it's still possible to have one more rate cut if a risk such as the global coronavirus outbreak persists. George Bonzani reporting. A gunman is in custody after he ambushed police officers in the Bronx twice in 12 hours, wounding two in attacks that ignited outrage from officials. The good news is both the officers are expected to recover quickly. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher has seen the worst from the left. Rush Limbaugh announced yesterday he has been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. If you had any doubt about how evil a lot of people are on the left, how vile and vicious and sick they are, you should take a stroll down social media and see some of the hideous things they've said about a 69-year-old man's cancer diagnosis. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Mercy Me just dropped their new single. It's called Almost Home, and we want to send you to meet them in Kansas City. So sign up to win round-trip airfare for two, a hotel stay, plus tickets, and a meet-and-greet opportunity at the concert. Just visit am1280thepatriot.com to sign up for your chance to win and click on the fan club page. Just past 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. Lots of snow today. We reached a high of 26. we got Hour 1, Brad Carlson Show of the Narn, right now on the Patriot. Rest on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to leave us a message via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag Narn show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you 
tuning in as I am back in the Patriot Bunker for the first Sunday in a few weeks, uh, last uh, weekend, uh, off on assignment. It's kind of my tradition. I like to take off Super Bowl Sunday, even though Super Bowl doesn't typically start until 5.30 in the evening, and I would be home in well enough time to indulge in the game. But, you know, just kind of always like to ease into the uh, day and ease into the Super Bowl festivities and whatnot. And then uh, the weekend before, Mitch and I switched broadcasts as Mitch was out on assignment on January 18th, so we... Switch it up there. So uh, glad to be back with you. Or excuse me, January, I guess it was 25th. I got my day screwed up already. January 25th, Saturday, I filled in for Mitch uh, when he was at the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus annual meeting, as a matter of fact. And, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in the next in the second hour, some local stuff, because, yeah, the uh, legislative session is slated to start this week. And the Democrats are already sending very strong signals that uh, they're coming after the guns again. Uh, that's no surprise uh, and we know this is an issue that takes eternal vigilance, and uh, we will be eternally vigilant, that is for sure. But obviously, I want to start this first hour talking some national news. And by the way, Matt Makoviak, our official political wonk of this broadcast, will be joining us at one fifteen because I was talking about this in my Narn Show preview I do on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. And by the way, if you're not following us on the Narn Facebook page, well, why the heck not? Uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network is our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for it, and follow along. I usually do a preview of the broadcast on the official Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. And I was saying during the preview that since Donald Trump was inaugurated as president January 20th, 2017, this past week was the worst for the Democrats since he's been president. Now, they will argue the worst was when he was actually elected. Well, he technically wasn't president after he was elected. He still had to wait uh, two and a half months before he was officially inaugurated. So since Trump has actually been president, this has been the worst week for the Democrats. You're talking about the Iowa caucus debacle from Monday, uh, the State of the Union address, which was overwhelmingly lauded by the majority of Americans, including, I think, 70 percent of voters who identify as independent and then you have Trump's acquittal on impeachment charges, which should have come as zero surprise because there was no way 17 Republicans uh, were going to flip. And or I am sorry, 20, 20 Republicans. There was no way 20 Republicans were going to flip and vote to convict President Trump. That was the only way he was going to be removed from office. But yet the Democrats carried on like they were just shocked, shocked that the corrupt and uh, abusive, power-laden President Trump was uh, allowed to walk away from these charges. But um, it it should have come as no surprise to anybody. So it was a really bad week for the Democrats. But what I want to focus on, and again, we'll get into that with Matt Makoviak next segment, but I, what I want to focus on real quick is the Senate articles. Senate voted on two articles of impeachment. Uh, Article 2 was... Uh, completely across party lines. 53 Republicans voted to acquit. 47 Democrats voted to convict on this Article 2. And Article 1, which was abuse of power, uh, it was strictly along party lines except for one. The only mystery was, you know, would there be some Democrats that would vote to acquit? There was was talk that uh, Senate Democrats, um, uh, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Doug Jones from Alabama, there was talk that they might vote to acquit. Well, all three ended up voting to convict. And on the Republican side, uh, Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski, Maine Senator Susan Collins, and Utah Senator Mitt Romney, there was talk they might vote to convict. Well, only Mitt Romney 
ended up crossing over party lines. And what a time to be alive, by the way. The only Republican to dissent from his party in all of Congress, between the House and Senate, was the candidate who ran, who was the party's nominee for president in 2012. What a time to be alive. Mitt Romney voted to convict President Trump, and if you watch his interview with Chris Wallace, uh, Mitt Romney looked like he hadn't slept for weeks. He This vote that he was about to take was very anguishing. He had struggled over it. Uh, you know, and again, unless Mitt Romney's an Oscar-winning actor, I felt like he was genuinely conflicted about making this vote. He didn't want to have to face this, but he realized that he was, he emphasized, I'm going with my conscience. I cannot in good conscience vote to acquit this president. And of course, the conservative long knives came out for Romney. There it is. That just fortifies Romney's rhino cred, Republican in name only, yada, yada, yada. And look, in this political environment today, I get it. There isn't any room for any dissent. It's you stick with the party or you're basically a pariah. You're basically a persona non grata. And, you know, I've had this back and forth with a lot of people. Look, I disagreed with Romney's vote, but I left it at that. Okay? I still maintain that I wish Romney had been elected in 2012 and we'd be in the midst of a second Mitt Romney term. A lot of people would argue with me and say, well, Things would not be nearly as good right now economically, whatever else, if that happened. There's no way to know that for sure. No way to know. And and they may be right. But I'm just telling you, I wish Mitt Romney was our president. Okay? Don't at me. That's a saying that the kids have when they say don't contact you at social media. Oh, okay. But no, seriously, if, if you want to call and tell me I'm full of crap, leave a tweet. Uh, just do hashtag Narn Show, hashtag NARN Show, and tell me why I'm full of crap. But... That's another discussion for another day. We won't, don't have too much time to get into that. But what the thing that I have talked about on this show repeatedly is the revisionist history by those on the left. Because, of course, on the left you have CNN, MSNBC, or as the president humorously calls it, MSDNC. Uh, that's pretty good, by the way. They're all lauding Romney as someone who has moral courage, willing to stand up to the president uh, on this issue. And to which I'd say, you know what? If, if an individual is a racist, a bigot, and causes a woman with cancer to, to die, why are you lauding him? Remember, that's what these people were saying about Mitt Romney back in 2012. Harry Reid said he committed, accused him, literally accused Mitt Romney of committing a felony by saying Mitt Romney hadn't paid taxes in 10 years. All the vile, awful things they were saying about Mitt Romney in 2012 when he was a Republican presidential candidate, apparently that's, that's down the memory hole. Something I like to call recency bias. Well, here's the thing. It's one thing if, if these people come out and say, you know what? The things we said about John McCain, Mitt Romney, in retrospect, we, we were totally misguided because compared to Trump, these guys were, were choir boys or whatever. But they don't do that. They just come out and say this thing as if it's unequivocal. Well, that Mitt Romney has some, has some serious moral courage. Okay, The very same people that were accusing him of being a racist and, and accusing him of, of killing a woman who had cancer. Okay, Or when they introduced, when Paul Ryan became his running mate and they introduced their budget plan. They showed 
uh, caricature of Paul Ryan pushing an old lady down the hill in a wheelchair. Okay, these are the things they said. But but apparently, because Mitt Romney does their bidding, because he he takes the right vote, all of that stuff is forgiven. You know, which tells you they were willing to tell flat out lies, whatever it took to win. So for those of you who accuse Trump of gaslighting, and, and I agree with you, Trump. I don't know that he necessarily lies so much as he just says things that come to mind and he doesn't really care if they're true or not, which I would argue is worse. But if you think that telling the truth is so virtuous and being transparent is so virtuous, then I don't want to hear another thing about your complaints about President Trump because you're willing to say all these vile things about Mitt Romney in 2012 and then act like it never happened. How does that make you any better? Now, what has uh, has Trump even said anything? Uh, released a statement in regards to Mitt Romney's oh. vote at all, or is he has he gotten have you, full force? Have, have you ever uh, uh, seen how President Trump handles slights? Uh, him? I'm aware, but I don't. Yeah. I just didn't. I haven't seen anything. And that's an, and again, that, I stay away from that stuff mostly. That's a great point because that's another thing that I was going to bring up is the fact that this vote that Romney took had zero consequence. Zero. The president was going to be acquitted. So. Because one Republican dissented, it it had there was no matter. It didn't matter. And people say, well, you know, Romney's just doing this, excuse me, to to get revenge for past criticisms levied by Trump or or for being denied the secretary of state post. Because remember, Romney was being considered to be Trump's secretary of state when Trump was first uh, uh, elected. And ultimately, he wasn't. And this was Trump's or this was Romney's way to get back at Trump, which makes zero sense because there is zero upside for Mitt Romney to make this vote because Trump does not forget a slight. And this is where Trump is in the wrong. You were just fully acquitted. Do a victory dance. Go about the business of being president with these good economic numbers, which even leftist economists have to acknowledge are just unequivocally great economic numbers Jobs numbers always exceed expectations, okay? Wage growth for the lowest paid Americans is increasing dramatically. Do a victory lap and all that. But instead, as president, you and your surrogates have to go out and continually savage Romney. It makes no sense. You'd think he'd do something to make everybody forget about this, but no, he just doubles down. This, But this is who Trump is. I know. If you, if you are perceived as disloyal or have, or have wronged him, he's not going to forget it. And Mitt Romney was asked this very thing by Chris Wallace. You know that, given what the president has said about you before, that you're going to get it even worse. And, and Romney, you know, genuinely anguished over this. He says, I'm prepared for the consequences that are to come. And the conservatives who say that he should be thrown out of office, whatever, he's not up for re-election in 2024. He's not going to get thrown out of office. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. If the voters of Utah decide come 2024 they no longer want him as a senator, he seems prepared to live with that. So uh, Peter Weiner, who uh, wrote for The Atlantic, uh, picked up on the uh, trend from the left, too, where he said uh, maybe Democrats and those in the media who delighted in vilifying Romney in 2012, Senator Harry Reid lied about Romney's taxes and Obama's super PAC tied him to a woman's cancer death, might, in their private moments, rethink and even feel some remorse for what they did. <laughs> oh, I almost got it out with a straight face. Um, yeah, that would require a scintilla of self-awareness from leftists, which, yeah, that well has run dry. 
Um, maybe they will see, if only for a few fleeting seconds, that they allowed their partisanship to overwhelm their sense of decency and that, that they sought to destroy the reputation of a man of enormous personal integrity to further their political aims. So, yeah, again, I don't want to hear another word about what Trump does on the campaign trail because what he, what he is doing, it's classic projection. It's exactly what the left has done, and it fits right in with uh, Mitch Berg's seventh law of liberal projection. So, um, look, like I say, it's okay to disagree with Romney's re- rationale for voting to convict, as I do, okay? I don't believe Trump's phone call was perfect, as Trump asserts. See, there's been no middle ground in this. Trump asserts it's a perfect phone call. Others feel it rises to an impeachable offense. Well, it wasn't a perfect phone call. But I don't believe it rises to an impeachable offense. And so at that end, I disagree with Romney's vote. But he, he, it's still, I still believe that we should at least respect him for doing what he believed was right. And some people say, well, you know, it's, uh, if, if you fall on the side of Adam Schiff and believe what Adam Schiff has to say, then you're immediately disqualified from that rationale. And that's all fine and good. But Romney believes it was the right vote to take. And if it costs him his Senate seat in 2024, uh, he seems prepared to live with that. But again, the president seems immune to good advice. And if he were open to good advice, it would be say, Mr. President, you were acquitted. Take your quick victory lap. Then get on with the business of being president and running for reelection in 2020. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. When we lost Dad this past year, it was really hard. Then we found out Minnesota was taking 13% of the inheritance he left behind. Even though Dad paid his taxes his entire life, that's just not fair. Not to mention, independent studies have shown the death tax drives so many people away, it actually loses the state money. It's time to end the unfair death tax now. To learn more, visit axthetaxmn.com. Brought to you by the Center of the American Experiment. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my parents. They had them and I got them. And not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, even my husband noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them, and you can trust them too. So stop hiding your legs. Vein Clinics of America accepts most major insurance plans. So call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. 
You hear a lot of business people talk about core values these days. That sounds good, but if you're like me, you're just not sure what that means until you come across a company like Core Mark Metals. Owners Diane and John Dorman and founded the company in 1992 on this basic principle, provide quality products with outstanding service. You can rely on Core Mark Metals to help you reach your goals. Their innovative solutions will keep your business and projects running smoothly. Whether you're looking to manufacture a product to bring to market, needing thousands of parts fabricated to impeccable standards, or building a trade in your garage. Cormark Metals will ensure you meet your goal. To find out more about their extensive stock of metal hardware or to explore their menu of fabrication and design services, join them at CormarkMetals.com. That's CormarkMetals.com. Or visit one of their newly remodeled retail centers to speak with a friendly and knowledgeable team member. You can shop metals or hardware and get inspired. Cormark Metals, where technology and creativity meet. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join, so visit am1280thepatriot.com today. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Back in the Patriot Bunker for the first time in a few weeks, on a Sunday anyways. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, A lot of national news uh, took place this past week, and a lot of it certainly concentrated the first half of the week. You had the uh, Iowa caucus debacle Monday night, the President's State of the Union address on Tuesday, and then ultimately his uh, impeachment, his acquittal via the Senate impeachment vote uh, later on. And here to talk about uh, a lot of those stories is our favorite political walk, Matt Makoviak. You can find his fantastic work at MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. You can find his regular podcasts, of course, as well as his weekly contributions to the Washington Times. I'm Matt Mikoviak. Always an honor to be joined by you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much. Uh, I guess we'll uh, get started right away with the uh, debacle that was the Iowa caucus this uh, past Monday night. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people look to just the utter failure to get votes counted in a prompt manner, the failure of technology and whatever else. And for me, Matt, the biggest story was kind of buried, and that may have been the one silver lining for the Democrats, and that is the embarrassingly low voter turnout. They were expecting uh, levels that rivaled 2008 when Barack Obama was the winner of Iowa caucus. Instead, they got more uh, 2016 levels. Uh, For a party that was eager to take on President Trump for a year and whatnot, uh, that is definitely unwelcome news in the aftermath of this, Matt Mikoviak. No question, and you're exactly right. I think of all the learners from Iowa, that's probably the most significant because it does raise huge questions. Um, And of course, that's an apples-to-apples comparison. You can't blame it on state of Iowa or on the fact that it's a caucus or anything like that. Um, and, and given the you know, unprecedented size of the Democratic presidential field, you know, you would think that with so many candidates, there would have been more reason to have higher turnout. You know, you can imagine someone like Andrew Yang bringing out a lot of voters um, that would support him that probably wouldn't have, have made the caucus in the past. So, yeah, I do think that was one of the real headlines. I think the other two headlines, which were muted because of the incompetence of the Iowa Democratic Party and their you know, vote counting processes. Number one, uh, it was obviously a 
should have been a good night for Bernie Sanders and, and particularly for Pete Buttigieg. And they didn't get the bounce that they should have, that, they, that, they, that they'd earned. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, a lost opportunity for them. Uh, they're going to obviously try to recreate that magic in New Hampshire, and it certainly looks like they're going to be the top two finishers in New Hampshire and maybe the top two final two candidates on the Democratic side. Uh, and then I think the third takeaway was just obviously Biden's woeful underperformance, you know, yet again. Um, you know, I think this was so different with him running for president this third time, having been vice president of the United States for eight years. Um, you know, we all, I think, probably thought, well, he's pulling high, he's raised decent money, you know, he's done okay in the debates. This is not the Joe Biden that's run, run twice before and a total mess. Uh, and in the end, the, you know, the third race looks more like the first two. It doesn't really look like a, a front-running candidate. And now he's really at his last, on his last legs uh, making his last stand in New Hampshire. And I, I saw just last night the daily track, tracking poll uh, conducted by one of the uh, local news stations in Boston, and uh, Suffolk University had Biden uh, at 11 percent in New Hampshire in fifth place. So we'll see whether he can survive all the way to South Carolina, which he has been saying was his uh, sort of fallback uh, you know, state, given the, the, the level of black support he's been, uh, the polls have shown him getting. So whether that ultimately is something he can get survive to remains to be seen. But I think that's the other takeaway, Brad, is an obvious point, and that is I think there are huge questions now about whether the Iowa caucuses will remain sure. what they are. Uh, I think on the Republican side, they probably stay. But on the Democratic side, uh, such a convoluted mess, I imagine, like there is no longer first or it is no longer ours. One name that we hear bandied about, particularly here in Minnesota, because she's one of our own, but also nationally, uh, is Senator Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she's qualified for the last uh, uh, couple of debates, uh, despite spending uh, a ton of time in Iowa and priding herself on visiting all 99 counties in Iowa. She finished a distant Distant fifth, yet after the most recent debate, she had a significant haul, probably her largest 24-hour haul since she's uh, been in this uh, particular race. Uh, what is the national perception of Senator Amy Klobuchar? Because I'm reading a lot where people look at her as more pragmatic and more, for lack of a better word, sane than some of the far-left mm-hmm. candidates. But nevertheless, she doesn't seem to get a lot of traction. I personally study her voting record closely because she's my senator, and you don't, there's not a lot of distinction from the voting record of Sanders and Warren. But nevertheless, the national perception is out there that she seems to be more pragmatic. What do you see that uh, results in her not doing a lot better than maybe she has, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, and I'm glad you're asking about her because I think we, we don't give her enough attention uh, at the national level when we talk about this race. Um, and look, I, I'll, I'll grant you that the odds that she's going to be the nominee are really low. If she needed a, a second or a really strong third, she needed to finish ahead of Biden to sort of give, her, give herself a real chance. Um, and listen, I have not studied her voting record like you have. It doesn't surprise me the Democrats vote together on almost everything. And these, sure. vote, these votes in the Senate are pretty partisan. But I think if you look at the platform she's put out there, the pushback she's given on things like climate, she doesn't want to shut down fracking. If you look at the pushback on Medicare for all, she continues to make clear that she thinks that is a, a losing proposition and totally unnecessary. I, I'll be honest with you. If you look at the Democratic field, she is the person I think is the strongest candidate against Trump. Yes. I mean, I think with, with, with her weak showing in Iowa and Biden's weak overall showing, uh, those are the two strongest candidates against Trump, I think. I think they both could play very well in the suburbs, uh, in the battleground states, and all around the country. So I, I'll be honest with you: among Democratic senators, I, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, of Klobuchar's. I think she's a sort of workman type uh, senator. She really focuses on her, her her day job. She's bipartisan. 
you know, she really cares about getting things done. She's not flashy. She doesn't, you know, make habitual flourishes. She doesn't say crazy things. She's not over the top. The reason I think she's not done well, you know, although she's, you know, outlasted a lot of other people, a lot of other senators and governors and things like that, is just, she simply wasn't a national figure when she started running. Right. And you had, you know, three or four people who were, and she's tried to break through. And you're right. She did raise $25, uh, 20, excuse me, $2 million from the end of the debate on Friday night in the first 24 hours. And that's a significant haul for her. Probably she probably put all that on television, uh, you know, in the Boston market. And, and But, you know, if you look at, how, you know, where is she going to finish in Nevada? I mean, I'd be shocked if she finishes higher than fourth. I think the same is probably true in South Carolina. So I think she's probably more of a Democratic vice presidential candidate, um, particularly if someone like Biden or Buttigieg were to be the nominee. Um, so I, I just, again, I think she's done well in this campaign showing – uh, that uh, that she is a national figure and can be one, but she's clearly not going to be the nominee. She needed to do far better in Iowa than she did. Yeah, and I don't know if you had been paying attention to any of the stories that have come out, Matt, but I know the local uh, NAACP and, and and a couple of other prominent African-American groups here in the uh, Twin Cities are uh, calling her out on some new evidence that has come to light uh, on a 2002 case that she prosecuted where they suspect a uh, a young man who was accused of killing an 11 year old girl might uh, have been innocent, and that and now you've had prominent groups here in the Twin Cities calling her to suspend her campaign. Is that caught on nationally from what you from what you've heard? Uh, so I have seen something about that, but I, I don't necessarily think that's because it's become a national story. I think I probably just pay closer attention to these sure. things than than the average person does. But um, but sure, I mean, look, and I think if she were a non factor those kind of stories wouldn't be popping up, right? Somebody yep. somewhere found that story, you know, developed it, pitched it, got it, got it out there, and is now promoting it. And I imagine if you, if you think about it, like, you know, that's probably Buttigieg or Biden's campaigns because it starts really competing directly with those candidates. Um, and I imagine that was really done to sort of try to stunt her momentum in Iowa in the days up to the caucuses. Um, you know, it, it, that story is, is, is ripe for, you know, for more attention. I don't know that she's been asked about it, certainly not in the debate. It's possible she's been asked about a campaign trail, but I haven't seen her sure. you know, response. This is one of the risks when you have a, a law enforcement background uh, is that, you know, no one's asking you about the 99% of the things you did that were totally fine. They're asking you about the 1% or the 0.1% that are potentially problematic. Right. Um, I just think if you look at her electoral history, and she talks about this in the debates, both when she was a prosecutor, but then also the two races for U.S. Senate, I mean, she has really dominated. Now, I think part of that is she's not really faced a serious challenge Correct. in a lot of those races, but she's won in rural areas, she's won in suburban areas, she's won in red congressional districts. Uh, and there's just really not anyone on the Democratic side that has shown that kind of ability. In, 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 in Matt, that, sorry in, to interrupt in, you, know, you, but we have to go to one of those awful hard breaks. We'll pick it up on the other side. Matt McGoviak, Political Wonk, right here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot, with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. If you have cracked teeth, missing teeth, or old wobbly dentures, it's time to change your life with dental implants from ImplantMiracle.com, the local dental office where implants are affordable. 
Imagine changing your life for the better, like showing up at a family reunion or get together and having the best time you've had in years because you can talk, laugh, eat, and pretty much do everything the way you used to, all because of beautiful dental implants from ImplantMiracle.com. What makes this all even better is the price, as low as $2,499 per tooth, including the implant abutment and crown. Plus, your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free, and we offer convenient financing. Most other places charge $4,000, $5,000, even $6,000 an implant. So our price, as low as $24.99, makes implants affordable for everyone. See our website, ImplantMiracle.com. That's ImplantMiracle.com. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. Whether you're just testing the waters of digital marketing or already have a plan in place that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. Face it, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You can check out my blog, bradcarlson.org. And we're here to take your phone calls. 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. As always, thanks for tuning in. A lot of national news again from this past week. We spent uh, the last segment with our political walk, Matt Bukowiak, talking about the debacle that was the Iowa caucuses, specifically involving uh, the Democrats. Uh, want to transition now to the other big news story from this past week, uh, President Trump, uh, in what should be a no surprise to anyone, was officially acquitted by the U.S. Senate. Both articles uh, pretty much along party lines, with the exception of Article 1, where Senator Mitt Romney broke with his party and voted to convict uh, President Trump. Uh, Matt Mikoviak, uh, I, I talked a little bit uh, before you came on the broadcast about uh, Mitt Romney's uh, vote to uh, convict President Trump. I know that you, uh, you I saw on Twitter a little bit, uh, you yourself were pretty uh, critical of uh, Romney. What should be done uh, going forward? Is it, you know, should it be as it is what it is, 
president should just look ahead to being president and running for re-election in 2020? Uh, should the Utah Republican Party take action? Because, again, Romney's not up for re-election until 2024. What was your uh, thoughts on Romney's rationale for voting to convict and what should be done from there? Yeah, here's my, my answer to that. I mean, I would make kind of a distinction. I, I think efforts to kick him out of the Republican conference in the U.S. Senate don't make sense. I think, you know, recalling him doesn't make sense. But I also think that just, uh, you know, sitting back and, and, and letting him basically take the position of the Democrats and use their talking points uh, on, you know, such a ridiculous, to such a ridiculous extent is also insufficient. And so what I put on Twitter is I think the state party and the county parties in Utah ought to censure him. Okay. And that is pass a res- resolution of, you know, disapproving of what he's done. Sure. Uh, I did see, you know, after his vote, he rushed back to Utah the next day and spent the day behind the scenes talking to uh, party officials and leg- state legislators in Utah just explaining himself. Uh, there has been a, a bill in the state legislature to consider allowing US, a U.S. senator from their state to be recalled. Apparently that's passed in some other states, but there have been uh, legal challenges to it. So I don't, I don't think that's, that's likely to happen. Look, I think with Romney, First of all, it's a little hard to believe that this is entirely a principled decision. Mm. Um, you know, he has many good qualities, uh, appears to be a very good and decent and honorable person. But principle is not the first word that comes to mind when you think of Romney. He's been all over the place on so many issues over his career. Um, it seems to me this was about elite opinion. I mean, you don't give embargoed interviews to The Atlantic, The New York uh, Times, and The Washington Post before the, inter- before the, the, the vote. Uh, unless you care a hell of a lot about elite opinion. And I think that's what this is about. I think he he wants to be on the other side of Trump in terms of his legacy. Um, and, and that's why he made this decision. It didn't matter very much. It did give some cover and some leverage to the Dems, which I think is why Joe Manchin ultimately voted guilty rather than not guilty, which I expected. Um, but will it matter that much? No. I mean, you know, Trump, Trump may be impeached for, forever, but he's, if he's impeached forever, then he's also acquitted forever. And I think based on what we've seen, Brad, it's clear impeachment has worked to the, to the uh, Republicans' advantage, to the president's advantage politically. Um, he was at, at record high job approval in Gallup of 49% last week, uh, including uh, much higher re- uh, marks among independents. Uh, Republicans are viewed much more positively now than they were a year ago. Uh, he had his best of his presidency last week, and the Democrats are, are totally lost at the moment. So I don't think impeachment's going to matter very much in the presidential race. It'll be nine months in the rearview mirror by the time the election comes around. But I think in the congressional races, it will matter because you have a number of, of, of Democrats representing Trump districts who want to appear independent and, and, and moderate who will really only be known for their, their, their vote on impeachment. And that's going to make them appear far more partisan than they want. Yeah, that's a great segue, Matt. And I, and I want to uh, follow up a little bit about, on that, particularly on the Senate side of Congress. You had uh, some critical Senate races coming up uh, this November. Obviously, the vast majority, the majority of them, I think, is uh, 23 Republicans are up for election as opposed to 12 Democrat seats. And uh, Martha McSally in Arizona, Cory Gardner in Colorado, and Susan Collins in Maine all were essentially in races that are considered in many polls as toss-ups, and all three voted to acquit the president of impeachment charges. So uh, that and Matt McCovac, they're already in tight races. Do you think that uh, their impeachment votes to acquit the president uh, will have any impact at all? Yeah, it's a great question. And I would... I would potential vulnerability there, not just for those three Republicans, but also for Doug Jones, Democrat of Alabama, who voted yes. guilty in a state where there's probably 10 or 15 percent support for that position. 
So I, I really think Jones recognizes his seat is gone, and he wants to remain a, a Democrat in good standing sure. so he can lobby or, or do whatever he wants in the future. Ultimately, I think, you know, McSally, Gardner, and Collins, look, they're all in tough races. Collins did vote uh, with the Democrats on the need for more witnesses, so that does give her some cover. Sure. Gardner and McSally are going to have to explain that vote. There's no question about it. I think in the end they decided that the risk of voting not guilty – uh, among Republican voters was, was uh, among, you know, they voted guilty. They would have made their own Republican base so much more angry sure. had, than, than had they had they voted, uh, you know, uh, not guilty and, and angered the, the, the Democrats. So it was a lose-lose vote for them politically. And they, they chose, uh, I also think just on the merits alone, I think it's entirely appropriate to say uh, they did not meet the, the standard of, of impeachment with the case that they presented. Yeah, and then, uh, obviously, like you say, I mean, given... How we go so quickly from outrage to outrage uh, in this uh, in this political climate? Yeah. Nine months, <laughs> definitely a long time uh, coming. But um, those particular races, uh, certainly tight races to begin with. But uh, yeah, that was an excellent point about uh, Doug Jones in Alabama. I know that was one of the things that people were keeping an eye on how he would vote. And to, and to your point, uh, you know, he wants to still have opportunities for jobs outside of Congress, which seems like that that will probably uh, come to fruition after November. Um, real quick, Matt, we got about five minutes to go. I guess I want to get. Uh, to the uh, uh, the president's State of the Union address again. This was, uh, you had indicated, one of the president's best weeks of his presidency, and, and on the other end of the spectrum, it was by far the Democrats' worst since he, has, uh, since he was inaugurated back in January 2017. Uh, this speech was widely lauded uh, by majority of voters, including, I think I saw a staggering number of independents, close to, I think, over 70% of independents lauded this speech, and it was a horrible look for Democrats because it's one thing to not stand up and cheer for some of the things the president says, but some of the things he was touting, like uh, a young African-American girl qualifying for a scholarship under some programs that have been implemented, or a Tuskegee Airman, you know, 100-year-old World War II veteran, or uh, another gentleman who overcame a, a drug addiction to benefit from the opportunity zones that have been touted uh, by Trump and then uh, championed by Senator Tim Scott out of South Carolina. Democrats just sat there with these smug, angry looks in their faces, not even clapping once. It was, I, I can't think of a worse look, culminated by uh, Speaker Pelosi ripping up her copy of the State of the Union address. I mean, this was, uh, this culminated just, a, just an awful week for these people. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Democrats spent the entire State of the Union walking out, hissing, booing, chanting, tearing up the speech. I mean, they did that because right if trump had given a terrible speech they would be you know talking about that sure um and you know they think they, they claim that he was lying several times in there particularly about pre-existing conditions look i i was on the coffee over the weekend with patrick cannon and, and he, he described the state of the union very well by saying it wasn't the most eloquent state of the union ever but he believed it was the most effective mm. and that's exactly how i feel i mean i i just thought the speech itself was absolutely remarkable um, you know, did the job that needed that, that it needed to do in terms of walking the, the American public, almost 40 million people who tuned in through what Trump has actually done, uh, making the case on the economy, talking about all the other issues, but then also setting up some very helpful wedge issues uh, for the fall uh, on the issues that you identified, things like opportunity zones and school choice, which are going to be very effective yes. with African-American and Hispanic uh, voters. Um you're right. I mean, the Democratic behavior was just, you know, ridiculous. It's another example of how the Democrats are losing their minds. But Trump has really broken the Democrats. It's really remarkable. Yeah. Um, you know, you can they, they cannot admit he ever does anything well or correct. Everything he says or does has to be wrong because he's the one that said it or did it. 
Uh, and that's what you saw on Monday night and, and, and uh, uh, Tuesday night. And, you know, following the Iowa debacle, it was a pretty remarkable 48-hour period. No question. Now, we only have a couple of minutes remaining with our guest, political wonk, Matt Makoviak. Why don't we uh, go to line two? If Mike from Maplewood is ready, uh, we'll take his call right now. Mike, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Matt Makoviak. Mike, you with us? Yes. Go ahead, sir. Oh, my just quick comment on Romney. For over three years, uh, he never said anything about that fake uh, dossier and, and the origins of it. There was all that good reporting going on, Sarah Carter, Jay Sekulow, um, others, you know, and, and it was from the beginning. You know, like other shows, I mean, your shows, Hannity, they all, ha- every day almost, they would have these people on and they would talk to the, you know, the falsity of it and the other things going on in that investigation. And not once did Romney's conscience or God intervene with him to think, oh, I should go to the side of truth on this, and this is this is a farce. You know, where was he for those years? Yeah, I appreciate the call, uh, Mike. Thanks so much. I know uh, Romney wasn't actually elected until November of 2018, so I don't know that he had any kind of a pundit role or people were calling on him to comment on the race. I think once Trump, it was a fait accompli that Trump was the nominee, I don't think Romney felt the need to comment. I don't know if you recall any comments, Matt, that uh, Romney made on the Steele dossier. I certainly don't, but again, that was before he was really even considering uh, running for senator out of Utah. Yeah, that's right. And, and look, there have, been, there have been huge questions about, you know, the accuracy or the lack of verification of, of the, the the biggest claims in the dossier. Certainly huge questions about the FISA process, uh, how that was manipulated, uh, you know, by the Obama administration at the time to, to, to get the warrants that they needed to effectively surveil members of the Trump campaign. Look, I think Utah's a unique state. It's, it's I think, one of the you know, Republican states where Trump did worst, although I did see last week that uh, Trump had higher approval ratings in Utah than Romney did. So, oh, wow. Look, I, I don't know what, I don't know, you know, what ultimately made him decide to do this. I think his, his father's legacy on Vietnam uh, was probably part of it. But, again, I think at the end of the day, this is real simple. You know, he, he has tremendous empathy for what Trump has been able to do, both in terms of getting elected, but also in terms of being president and, and accomplishing real things. And this was about, you know, currying favor with elites, and, and that's always matter a lot to Once again, we've been joined by uh, political wonk Matt Makoviak. You can check out his fine work, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K. MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. You can uh, check out some of the heavy hitters Matt has been able to have on his regular podcast as well as his weekly Washington Times uh, articles. Matt, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, thanks so much, and have yourself a great rest of the weekend, sir. Take care. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, The Closer. One final segment coming up this hour. Go nowhere. Brother Pelle's in the back, sweet singers in the front, cruising down the freeway. AM1280, The Patriot. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. 
I'm Jan Markell, helping you understand the times. Tell us who it is. It's Greta Thunberg. She became the biggest voice on the biggest issue facing the planet this year, coming from essentially nowhere to lead a worldwide movement. Greta Thunberg, the Swedish schoolgirl who inspired a global movement to fight climate change, has been named Time Magazine Person of 2019. I maintain she has a machine behind her, a globalist cabal that needs a crisis in order to install a one-world globalist system. Right now, that crisis is the perceived climate crisis the world is in. But doesn't God control climate? He says he does in Genesis, and he promises that only he can change the seasons. I guess the world's climatologists didn't get the message, or they ignored it so they can play God. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. Come on! Welcome back. I'm Tom the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Hey, on-air production meeting. I just sent you an audio clip by email. Oh, you did? Okay, I'll take a look. (laughs) Occasionally, we have to have an on-air production meeting. Hey, one final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag NARN show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the issues that have been cropping up that really draw distinction between Republicans and Democrats are uh, social issues, particularly civil liberties. Obviously, Democrats come out very strongly anti-gun, and on social issues, abortion is one that's come back to the forefront. And, uh, Jason, if you have that clip ready, this sure is uh, Bernie Sanders uh, asked, being asked. He was at a, um, I guess it was a, a meeting, a Center for Reproductive Rights, also sponsored by NARAL, the big pro-abortion uh, organization. This was Bernie Sanders being asked about uh, pro-lifers in the Democrat Party. Then is there such a thing as a pro-life Democrat in your vision of the party? 
I think being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat. If you're asking me, if you're asking me, and and I think I may be wrong on this, I think in the Senate, probably 95% of the Democrats are pro-choice. You have a few who are not uh, in the House, maybe even a higher percentage. So that's kind of what my view is. I think by this time in history, I think when we talk about what a Democrat is, I think being pro-choice is essentially an essential part of that. Then is there okay. such a... Okay, okay, there we go. So that, that tells you everything you need to know. Um, this, this, is, this is an example I bring up quite a bit. Now, this was in January of 2018. So this is when Republicans still had control of both chambers of Congress. So there was a there was a poll that showed half of Democrats, Democrats now, just half of Democrats support a mainstream ban on elective abortion in months six through nine of pregnancy. OK, half, which is, uh, uh, I guess, six months. Well, you know, do the math. What's that? Twenty five weeks or so. So there was a bill that came out in the U.S. Congress that wanted to ban abortions past 20 weeks, which was halfway point, so essentially four and a half months. So there were 242 Democrats in Congress at the time, between the House and Senate, obviously. You know how many voted for this legislation? Six out of 242. Six. That's a lot more. That's that's even more than 95%, which Bernie Sanders asserts are pro-choice, pro or you know, which is a euphemism for pro-abortion. Okay? So when half of Democrat voters support a ban on abortion past six months, okay? But yet only six Democrats, which is, if I'm doing, if my math is correct, that's barely, I mean, that's barely over 2% of Congress voted for that legislation. Something's out of whack there. So the Democrats clearly are not completely aligned with their voters on the abortion issue. And the New York Post uh, had a piece just this past uh, Thursday talking about that very thing. Said until, uh, this is from, uh, let me get the author's name right, uh, Charles Camacy writing a piece at the uh, New York Post editorial page. Says, in uh, till recently I spent much of my time working hard to elect Democrats to public office, but the early presidential campaigning pushed me away from the party as well as pro- prompting my resignation from the Board of Democrats for Life, which I had served since 2014. For someone who is progressive on most issues, this decision doesn't come easy. Like most Democrats, I believe government has an energetic role to play to support women, families, and children. I support paid family leave, help with unaffordable child care, labor union rights, the Affordable Care Act, child and adoption tax credits, and much else of the kind. I'm worried about climate change. I'm an, unspoke, I'm an outspoken vegetarian. I believe in welcoming refugees and immigrants. I oppose needless wars. But the party gave me no choice. Yes, ours was a small group, but as many as a third of Democrats identify as pro-life. Even when party leadership finally met with us, they didn't take us seriously. When we showed them that the pro-life Democrats would beat Republicans in certain districts, it didn't matter. Even when we called for more reproductive choices for women with difficult pregnancies through services like uh, perinatal hospice care, party leaders ignored us. Anything even hinting that abortion is less than good now violates party orthodoxy. 
Normally, Democrats are the party of energetic government protecting the vulnerable from violence. But when it comes to abortion, elite Democrats turn into hardcore libertarians, believing the state has no business getting involved in the private choices of individuals. Abortion is merely health care, and the unborn child, unimaginably vulnerable even when wanted, is made visible and or is made invisible and violently discarded. So you read uh, Mr. Mr. Camacy's credentials. I mean, he's very left of center on a lot of issues. You know, when it comes to you know, health care, uh, paid family leave, uh, climate change, uh, immigra- the immigration issue, national defense, very left of center. But yet, because one issue... The Democrats completely ignore these people or don't even take them seriously. He's leaving the party. That's insane. You know, and again, this this is and, you know, people on the Republican side are are guilty of it just as much. I mean, we let one issue. Overtake, overtake everything. Okay, and it's it's a mistake that they're making. And even Amy Klobuchar, you know, we talked with with Matt McCoviak um, this last uh, this last segment. The last couple of segments, Amy Klobuchar was on uh, The View. Uh, someone posted a clip from Amy Klobuchar appearing on The View a little less than a year ago, May of 2019. And she talked openly about basically being aligned with the laws that were that was proposed in Virginia, thankfully shot down. But one that was passed in York, basically allowing a baby to be killed right up before birth. That's barbaric. Horrific. You know, and again, we can have this debate on on abortion and you know whether it's whether it's a choice or not but this idea that you're going to let literally a viable human being you're you're advocating for laws that advocate for killing a viable human being it just doesn't make any sense and again far be it you know I've said it a hundred times on the show far be it for me to tell these Democrat uh, officials that they're screwing up because they're alienating a lot of voters but it's also an opportunity for pro-life Republicans to really appeal to these people because it has become a very much a central issue again in this country as we've seen by the legislation that was bandied about in in the uh, state of Virginia and and then was ultimately passed in New York so oh, crazy times 651-289-4488 is the number to call uh, please give us a call when we come back from this break yes hour number one in the books hour number two coming back in mere moments right here AM 1280 The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network back in a few Closing time. Turn all up. Varicose and spider veins. Wow, what a gift from my parents. They had them and I got them. And not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and I really hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? I was done. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The procedure took about an hour and I was right back to work. The staff made me feel so comfortable and the results, well, even my husband noticed. Vein Clinics of America has been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced in the U.S. Look, I've been doing the commercials for vein clinics for years because I really believe in them, and you can trust them too. So stop hiding your legs. Vein Clinics of America accepts most major insurance plans. So call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. 
catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Driesline, our guest like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Staler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio. Every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. American Pressure washers. They spray water and get stuff clean. Sometimes it is quite that simple, but oftentimes there's a lot behind the scenes that American Pressure can help you with. What's the right nozzle to make that water spray at the right speed to accomplish cleaning without doing damage? What's the right heat to melt the grease and grime you've got to save on chemical use as well as protect the equipment you're spraying? See what we can do for you at AmericanPressure.com. AM 